Greetings! Welcome to Film Gazers, a podcast focusing on the science fiction, horror, fantasy trinity, and 20th century entertainment. I'm Steph. I'm Jess. We're cousins slash besties. Join us as we reminisce, discuss, and review films from our childhood. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) (laughs) This is officially the last episode of the year of the year we made it guys we made it we did it go us i know i'm just super proud of us i gotta say because we don't stick with anything this long ever for a whole year that's that's amazing go Mm -hmm. us yes uh so yeah this will kind of complete the the first year of film gazers we officially have a season two yes (laughs) yes basically Yeah. yeah That's how, that's how I'm going to label uh-huh. the next in the new exactly. year. Exactly. <laughs> the next in the new year. The next in the new year. New year, new film casers. Yes. So we are finishing the year up with the theme was comfy, cozy, mm-hmm. heartwarming, wholesome. And this one's certainly like super cozy with the snow and the nighttime and the lights. Yes. It has a... um fairy tale vibe as well yeah for sure i feel like that has almost been the underlying theme maybe that's just comfy cozy to us is <laughs> yeah. fairy tale yes <laughs> we want something so unattainable <laughs> it doesn't exist and it just wraps us in yes it wraps us in a living little cocoon. false security wraps blanket. us in his jacket <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it is that's exactly what that's it exactly is exactly what it is oh that's great <laughs> Um, so besides this, uh, what have you been watching or up to? What has been entertaining you as of late? <laughs> Nothing. No. <laughs> um, I've still been watching White Lotus with my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched that last night, actually, the n- newest episode. Nice. And it's still, eh. <laughs> You're still not sold. Still on the fence. I still don't know if I like it or not. Like, stuff happens, sure. <laughs> Do I care? Not well, yet. Do you to be enjoy determined. it? I don't know yet. So we watch it and discuss. Do we like it? I don't. I can't tell yet. We're on season two. It's something for us to talk about. Damn it's something, it. It gives us something to talk about. Taking it back. Taking it back. I have been doing a Harry Potter rewatch. Mm, that's always good this time of year. Yeah, I really consider them, all of them, <laughs> for me, are super holiday movies. Yeah, it's the same, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I will be starting um, number five. Mm-hmm. I've already went through one through four in oh, like yeah. one week. I've been watching like one a night, basically. It's like the seven nights of Harry Potter. <laughs> um, I've watched all of Harry Potter in like three days, maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe no, I'm, two. I'm just like saying I like a whole week. Like, yeah. I like that there's seven movies. Or yeah. wait, are there eight movies? There's eight movies. So it's like eight days a week, Harry Potter. It's eight days of Harry Potter. Yeah. There probably was like stuff like that on... Um, <laughs> Doesn't it feel like a, like a marketing strategy? Yeah, TBS. Yeah. Was that a... Was that a... <laughs> TBS was totally a channel. That was a channel? That yeah. was a channel. TBS. Eight it, Days of Harry Potter. We are so far behind. Like, we are peak millennials in that it has been that long since we've had cable. That yeah. We don't even remember, like, certain cable stations. Cable channels. If it's not, like, NBC what and ABC, I'm not going to remember. Maybe <laughs> yeah, Cartoon <ABC>. Network. <laughs> Cartoon Network, ABC, <laughs> Family. Oh, God. 
TGIF. Oh, man. So, with it also being at the end of the year, I got my Spotify wrapped, too. Mm, and yes. I was a... Uh, I don't use that one. I use a lot of it, apparently. So much so that this was a pretty good year for me, music-wise, of um, really finding new stuff. I explored over a hundred different genres, mm. and my playtime was more than eighty-eight percent of other listeners in the United States. Um, I played over four thousand songs. I listened to over twenty-six hundred artists, mm. and um, my top artist was Mitski. <laughs> If you're not aware of Mitski, oh my god, she's just amazing. And she had come out with a new album. I'm just obsessed with her. I'm sure I've heard it. I'm sure you played her for me. But oh, I'm sure. It's like sad girl, <laughs> depressing music, I guess. Built out. I don't know. I just love it. Yeah, it's very like, I feel like she's a modern Fiona Apple. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this was what I really wanted to share was um, I listened to over 7,000 minutes of podcasts, and my number one podcast was ours. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm sure mine was too. Yeah. I was like, you have to be your biggest supporter, guys. Well, duh. <laughs> I think I had a really good year. It's been a good wrap-up, not only for my Spotify, but mm-hmm. just in general. In general, yes. And what um, what's one positive thing that you have started this year? One positive thing? Well, I can as actually, many as you want, really. I actually, this is the first year I think I can say that I have multiple positive I'm things. Same. I, it's been a while for me. I quit smoking. Yeah, that's a huge one. That's a huge one for me. I am a 35-year-old woman that had been smoking since I was like 16. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. That's like, oh, it was like more Almost than half, half my year, life. Yes. Like, <laughs> more than half your life. So I finally did it. Big deal. How do you feel? I mean, I'm just not as snotty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's a huge deal. Yeah, like, I honestly, where everyone's like, oh, I feel so energized. No, my energy levels are exactly the same. Mm. That ain't done shit. Like, (laughs) that I'm a little disappointed by. I will say that. I thought my energy was going to be, like, higher. Or even, like, I guess my breathing capacity is better, but it's not, like, it's obviously that wasn't the hindrance of um, why I'm miserable. You always miserable. had good lungs anyway. <clears throat> it was always me that uh, had the bad lungs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I guess that is the improvement is the little snot. little over here. Uh, for me, it's just not being like as stuffy. Yeah. Because if you listen to this podcast, you're obviously very much aware that I'm a nasally sounding person. <laughs> also, just the learning on the podcast that we've done, um, there's still a lot of learning to do. I would like to be able to, like, save up a little money for us to upgrade our equipment. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that we are enjoying it that much to really make it sound better for you guys. It's worth it to stick with it. Yeah. And I also uh, am going to be doing this laser engraving business with my husband. So that's really fun. We're coming up with all these different ideas and really learning um, even more programs and learning this machine. And uh, even in my personal life, like work wise, that um, has like had some opportunities. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I feel like it's been a very growing moving forward year for me. Nice. Yeah. How about you? I agree. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I have also quit nicotine this year. Yeah. Um, I had quit smoking for, I think since 20, since 2020. Yeah, what? probably. 2020. That sounds weird. 2020. <laughs> so I quit nicotine. Um, and I actually did get more energy afterwards. Jealous. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also getting old and I get up early now. So maybe it's just that I have more of the day. So it makes me feel like I'm more energized. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. And I've also started doing yoga every day. Oh, she's a yoga girl now. I'm proud of it because it is, uh, that was really hard for me to like actually stick with something. Like physical. Every day. Yeah, that's that's the hardest thing for me when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm always the kind of person that would be like, I'll do it in a minute. I'll, I'll do it like, oh, I'll do it later tonight. I'll do it before I go to bed. I'm already in bed now. I'll do it tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So on and so forth. So the fact that I'm actually doing it every day, you know, I'm proud of that. Nice. It's little things. You should be. Thank you. Um, And this year, um, I don't use Spotify, but I use YouTube music because I already pay for the premium. So might as well. (laughs) Might as well since I pay for it. And see pink floyd was my number one ah yes 272 minutes streamed nice um my top artists were pink floyd fleetwood mac metallica (laughs) hollow coves and eric clapton what year is this (laughs) (laughs) have we have we spent step back in time it says 51 percent of your music was amped up Ooh. No downers for me. Your stand. My music personality is the party pioneer. Oh, always seeking the next musical frontier. I don't know how that is when it's like all <laughs> like seventies music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was given the adventurer because I listen to so many like new artists and such a just like all over the place, mm-hmm. which I do feel like my music has been lately. Lately, mine's been, like I said, that, um, an extreme, like, folk. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting folksy. I'm getting folky up in here. <laughs> That's awesome. Love me some good folk music. One of my top genres was, um, lo-fi video game music. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It is such great background music. Mm-hmm. And you can listen to, like, yeah, like, I put on a playlist that's, like, three hours long, and it's, like, Zelda and chill, you know? Um, you know what I've been listening to uh, as far as, like, the YouTube ambiance, mm-hmm. which I've been very into lately? Ambiance. My ambiance. <laughs> <laughs> Has been. <laughs> it's, like, um... Like a tavern, like an old tavern. I think I've seen that one. <laughs> with the fire and the music, like the harp music. Yeah, it's invigorating. Like I like to listen to that while I'm like writing in my journal or you know, nice doing uh, on the couch. Since I've been on my going Harry- over my budget. <laughs> <laughs> since I've been doing the Harry Potter rewatches. I've been finding on YouTube, it's like a Harry Potter Christmas. Yes. And so it's like uh-huh. the Great Hall and the candles and the uh, Yule like decorations. Mm-hmm. I, I love so that cozy. one. cozy. And it has like the orca, you know, the actual orchestra music right. from it. So it's cool. It's chill. And I'll put yeah. that on. I'm like playing Animal Crossing. I know. It's <laughs> just like perfect background. It really is. And I love good background music. Mm-hmm. I do not like silence. Hello, silence, my, my old friend. friend. <laughs> I feel like that was some good harmony, man. 
we'll find out when we'll we listen. listen back. <laughs> and trust me, we will listen. I'm your number one fan. I watched Misery recently too. <laughs> oh, I love that one. Uh, it still holds up well. So good. Yeah. And she breaks his fucking ankles. Oh, I still hobble mm. them. Yeah. Oh, so good. Anyway, that's kind of how we've been wrapping up our year. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, we watched 2001's Bridget Jones's Diary. Yes. It was released on April 13th of 2001. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is 96 minutes. Perfect which is, Yes, exactly. Again, our, our kind of like sweet spot on time. It was rated R. Mm. I did not, I guess with all the fucks. Oh. Is probably what put it over that level. Yeah, I can see that. Because otherwise, I'd say it's a solid PG-13. I guess because I rented it through pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> My first watch, I didn't, you know. And like we've said before, uh, ratings weren't a thing. No. To us back then. Exactly. I was watching rated R movies as a young child. Yeah. And depending on the content, you know. Well, the 80s parenting was... Everybody just watched the same movie. Yeah. If the parents are watching it, it's and if you wanted to be in the room, you had to watch the movie the parents are watching. That That's just how it was. Mm-hmm. It was directed by Sharon McGuire. The screenplay was by Richard Curtis, Andrew Davies, and Helen Fielding. It was based on the book Bridget Jones's Diary mm-hmm. by, by Helen Fielding. It was produced by Tim Bevan, Eric Fellner, and Jonathan Cavendish. It was starring Renee Zellweger, Colin Firth, Hugh Grant, Jim Broadbent, and Jimma Jones. Cinematography was by Stuart Driver, edited by Martin Walsh, and music by Patrick Doyle. Uh, this one, again, I usually don't really care about budgets and box office. Like, yeah. if we like a movie, we like it, whatever. Right. Uh, this is so similar um, in that the budget was $25 million. It made 282 in the box Whoa. office. So it was... It was a home run. Yes. <laughs> now for the fun facts. A little trivia. I found uh, some good ones, I feel like, for this <laughs> one. And as we're aware, uh, it is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Obviously. <clears throat> Second only to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Francis himself. <laughs> it's an eclectic. So, Renee Zellweger is from Texas. She's a Texan. Mm, that's right. Um, to perfect her English accent and also... Just a kind of, you know how actors do things like live like a real person to be this character. <laughs> <laughs> live in a flat. So she did actually work as a publishing assistant in um, a publishing house. Um, I believe that actually published the book Bridget Jones's Diary. Mm, so nice. she went and worked there uh, to get a little experience and practice um, her English, English dialect. Accent. Yeah. She later invited the woman who was her, you know, boss, <laughs> quote unquote, <laughs> uh, to be an extra later, I guess, at um, a launch party scene. Mm. Uh, there was a whole article about it from The Guardian, and it's the the woman who was the boss. It's her writing it and nice. everything. So it was interesting. Um, so, yeah, you can find that on theguardians.com. Uh, the fight between Mark and Daniel was not choreographed. <laughs> They initially were going to have like a whole coordinator and to plan it. 
and the impromptu. That was that all makes them. sense then because it was not. Um, and it looked like a real. It like, did look like a real fight because of that between two like bumbling idiots. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and were, both of them were like, oh, yeah. Let's just go home. Uh, so I thought that was great. Um, there were stunt doubles for the the window scene, of course. Um, and I guess the original idea though behind this fight to begin with was they thought they were going to make it like sexy like ooh, their shirts get ripped and, you know like that kind of thing and, okay so so this is the quote i found from the los angeles times and it's um colin firth <laughs> he said we were going to be buff and our shirts were going to be ripped off i looked at myself and said you you're certainly never going to get that type with me <laughs> He's like, no, that's not gonna happen. (laughs) So, Uh, because I personally love Colin Firth. Yeah, he's great. Yes, he's so cute, and he's a big old man too, isn't he? He's He's so tall. tall. (laughs) My favorite. And Hugh Grant, this is beautiful. The best he's ever looked. Oh, yeah, for sure. That was actually when he comes up out of that lake with his shirt wet. Yes. Ooh. So the publishing house where Bridget and Hugh Grant's character work um, is called Pemberley Press. And Pemberley Pemberley is Mr. Darcy's estate in Pride and Prejudice. Mm, So it was a little nod to that because this whole story, Bridget Jones's Diary, is basically a modern day take on it. Is is what um, Helen Fielding's been, I guess, uh, okay. I didn't notice that. I, I might catch a lot of flack. Especially from our friend Becky when she listens to this. Because I think she's a big, like, Jane Austen fan. Mm. I'm not. I mean, I love Pride and Prejudice, the movie with Keira Knightley, because that my girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, But I really don't remember the story that well. Yeah, so it's supposed to be, though, a modern day take on that. And it makes a lot of references to the Jane Austen novel, Mr. Darcy. Mm. Like, that's well, why Mark yeah, Darcy. Well, yeah, I did get, obviously. Mm-hmm. I guess I got that. Yeah. And I guess Daniel. Mr. Darcy. Daniel is supposed <laughs> to be George Wickham. No, okay. Again, I don't like Jane Austen novels enough. I get, I like their modern interpretations, usually, of the love story, I guess. But I just don't like that era in literature, I, I don't know if I've read a lot of that era, it's to be honest boring with boring to is me. It? To me, it is. I, um, I Like I said, I don't think I've read a lot But of I'm that. not into, like, Bridgerton or, like, any oh, of Oh, no, but I, I do love that. Yeah, so you might, like, even... I mean, I think this even era is later than that. But I don't know that more of just, like, the high-class society. I think it's, like, ahead of its time for the time, though, isn't it? Oh, I'm sure it was. Mm. I'm just saying I don't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Bridget Jones was actually started as a column in The Independent, and it was about single life um, that Helen Fielding wrote. Nice. She did it because she didn't want to write as herself, so she mm. like created this imaginary girl. Nice. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I do like all the literary, you know, kind of references and how close it was kept with the book to an extent of its essence. So the big iconic scene of her running out there in her undies. Mm-hmm. Um, the production didn't lock down that filming area. So, like, that was real background people and some of it. Like, real cars going down the street. Like, like watching her, like, 
I mean, that yeah. doesn't even look like a real town. That's crazy. I know. I didn't think that that was like, yeah, real, real street. Yeah. <laughs> that people it's that live, like, beautiful. live their lives around. Right. Can you imagine? Like, <laughs> I know. That kind of snow. <sighs> All of those snowy scenes in the beginning and in the movie that we were talking about that are just like so mm. cozy and, and fun, um, they were inspired by It's a Wonderful Life. Oh. Which, I mean, that makes a ton of sense. That's why you get so yeah, cozy. Mm-hmm. And like sentimental. Yeah, like, it does. It really this. does. Like sentimental for sure. Yeah. One of the other memorable scenes is uh, her booty shot when she's yeah, coming down the fireball. Yeah, yeah. That almost didn't get in the movie at all. It almost wasn't even filmed. The day that they were doing all of that, they didn't get that exact shot. Mm. So they never got it. And so they were always kind of, she was bothered that they never like quite got the shot. They ran out of time that day, whatever. So it was like a pickup filming day where they're doing like, you know, random stuff of what they might have missed. So she was able to grab like two camera guys and then just do that one specific shot. Well, it looks like a... Uh... You know, she just grabs, like, one random cameraman instead of, like, the whole mm. production crew. Exactly. It gives it the look it's supposed to give anyway. Yeah, like a news. Yeah. Right. So, it worked out perfectly. And, I mean, you know, it's, like, like some of the most memorable, like, yeah. funny parts of uh, the movie. And it initially was going to be more of an indie film. Mm. <laughs> um, when Hugh Grant and Colin Firth uh, signed on, that's when it was, like, oh, this is a, a commercial <laughs> So that worked out as a dream come true for the author because those were literally the two men she had in mind. Oh, how perfect. When she wrote these books. Nice. So I thought... That is a dream come true. It really is. And you can almost tell, like... It's meant to be. That they were written for them. Yeah, when you read the books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And so this one I thought was just really fun is that the author and the director of the movie, Sharon McGuire, are real life friends. So when Fielding wrote this book and she's writing about, because Bridget is kind of her, you know, in a sense. And then she has her friends who are based on real people. So her friend Shazzer. That says fuck a lot. Yes, that says fuck a lot. That character is actually based on Sharon McGuire. Yes, the director of the movie. Uh, so I thought that was, like, really fun. That's funny. Apparently yeah. she's quoted that she was like, I was delighted to be in the book. And she was like, but she wrote Shazzer uh, so much wittier than me. <laughs> I so I thought that was just really cute. And yeah. Little girlfriend. Likes to say fuck a lot. Yeah, likes to say fuck a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, Jess is going to take it away with some of the you Googled summary. At the start of the new year, 32-year-old Bridget decides it's time to take control of her life and start keeping a diary. Now the most provocative, erotic, and historical book on her bedside table is the one she's writing, with a taste for adventure and an opinion on every subject, from exercise to men to food to sex and everything in between. She's turning the page on a whole new life. So, as we've mentioned numerous times, this is my second all-time favorite movie, Mm -hmm. uh, along with Texas Chainsaw. Mm -hmm. 
Um, obviously, I like it for many different reasons. Uh, one was in 2001, I believe I was like probably 14. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that was the perfect age. Yeah. And I had read the book too. So at that point, it was like a holy trifecta. I think we watched the movie first though, because I remember I um, ran it on pay per view and watched it mm-hmm. and loved it so much. I was like, oh my God, I have to. Oh, no, 100%. Oh, yeah, okay. I was saying. And then, yeah, and then read the book and it was just. Read all the, yeah, all, all of all it. Like books. within yeah. that, as soon as I watched <clears throat> the movie, yeah. then I read the book, I read all the books, then watched the movie over and over. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I read it twice in a weekend. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was obsessed. Yeah. And I also have listened to the audiobooks Mm. of all of them as well, because I enjoy the the narration and the British accents. I know, the accents. And I thought she did a really... Everybody said she did a really good job with the accent. I don't know what to compare it to, but I thought she did. Yeah, uh, I thought she was fine, because... All I do when I do British accents are like, I do very, um, oh my gosh, uh, Dick Van Dyke and uh, Mary Poppins. (laughs) Which is authentic, right? (laughs) Very, I believe Uh, that's a... Sport a tay. Cockney. (laughs) You got any toppings? Yeah. (laughs) You got any toppings? Please, sir, can I have some more? (laughs) Very Charles Dickens. Charles Dickinson. Dickinson. I think that's an accent, right? So, yes. I was obsessed. You were obsessed. We shared this obsession. We shared this obsession because I was the perfect age also. I was like 16 maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And like it spoke to me. You know, like to me that was the most fabulous life you could leave was to be having an apartment as a single woman drinking wine in your underwear singing along to songs. Like that was so cool to me. Like, oh my God, that's the epitome of living. (laughs) (laughs) And what's so great now watching it is like, you're like, this whole movie was about her being in despair living that life. Right. (laughs) And that's not what I, like, I knew she was, but I was like, oh man, if only. (laughs) I I don't know. I thought it it looked great. It's so glamorous. Glamorous. Yes. yes, That's the word. (laughs) (laughs) I, she was an adult and she could do these things. I think that's what it was for me too. Was yeah, she's just. I think it's funny that when we were growing up, I don't know. I kind of like idolized the thirty-year-old, thirty-something woman. Yeah, yeah. That's like, more what I w- was looking forward to being, as opposed to like a twenty-one-year-old. Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to be with like the Spring Break girl. I wanted to be Bridget, Bridget Jones. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Skip Lollapalooza. <laughs> oh, you really showed your age there. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so, yeah, so this movie is like near and dear to us. Mm-hmm. And I have watched it literally at least once a year since then. Yeah. I mean, I watch it consecutively, mm-hmm. too. Like, I've when, even when I was watching it this go-around to record this, I, I didn't even really have to watch it because I've seen it so many times. I was basically just, like, taking notes of my favorite parts. You know what I mean? Basically, same. Yeah. <laughs> my husband, even when I went last night, to, I had to rent it, of course, because they took it off where it was streaming. Oh, no. I played... I did a YouTube search, and it wasn't the actual movie, but it was enough of the movie, and I hit play all, that it was like all of, like, 
That's how you watch it. That's how I watch the movie. It was like, I can fill in the gaps. I know what's going on. It was only $4.99 to buy on Amazon. So I bought it. Oh, on yeah. Amazon Prime? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, they had it. Well, because it wasn't free anywhere because Showtime has it No, right no, no, I know. Yeah, but I've already done that, so I can't sign up for free again. No. <laughs> But it is also my tradition um, after Christmas and around New Year's is when I usually watch this movie. Well, because how it starts out is... The turkey curry buffet. Exactly. was New Year's. <laughs> Which turkey by, curry buffet. By the way, the week... Um, well, I guess not a week after, but like right after Thanksgiving when you're like going through your leftovers, that was what I did with the leftovers of some of our turkey. You made turkey curry buffet. I did. I made turkey curry. And that was all. I was like, nice. oh, turkey curry buffet. Sift it. I even. <laughs> Just uh, Una. Had gherkins. Nice. <laughs> it was great. Woman who thinks gherkins are fancy. I can relate. Oh, really? Gherkins are fancy. They are fancy. On a toothpick, please. So, um, yeah, it hasn't been very long since we've seen it. It's been a consistent watch for us. And I literally just watched it, like, mm, a month and a half ago. Yeah, I even asked Because they had, they, it said it was, like, leaving Netflix, I think. So I watched Bridget Jones, and then I watched Bridget Jones' Baby. Oh, all I saw was Edge of Reason on that, and that was why mm. I thought that the first one was still going to be available. I thought just Edge of Reason was uh, leaping. All right, with that, let's get into it. As we've mentioned, it starts with a turkey curry buffet, mm-hmm. and we get our glimpse of Mr. Darcy. Mr. Darcy. And, uh, and his jumper. The general, yeah, like family dynamic and, and kind of that whole thing. Already it's like holiday wholesome in that yeah. respect. And Bridget Jones, I mean, Renee Zellberg in this role is just so adorable to me. She is. She has the plump, like, perfect skin. Those, like, pouty pink lips. <laughs> She's just so cute. You know what I mean? And apparently she did gain weight. I know. Everybody talked about that, but she looks, she had like the perfect body, I thought. Exactly. That's what blew my mind watching this movie again. And then as a kid, knowing that 131 was fat. Yes. 131 pounds was fat. And like, that's like my average weight usually. So just knowing that like. That used to be my average weight in like, you know, high school. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that had been my average weight for years. So it almost pissed me off a little bit Mm. thinking this was really kind of like the way of her being like so down on herself about it. And even how I guess the author, because like I said, we've read the book and the book, even part of the book is actually like her, the height and weight thing or the cigarettes. It's like every day. Yeah. It's like everything, like every beginning. Every day is how much she weighs, how many cookies she ate. The chapter starts with that information. Five cupcakes or whatever. Exactly. So I also, though, while I love this movie, I'm like, and the book and everything. Mm -hmm. I'm also like, I think this kind of contributed to like... I don't know if it contributed Some of my I was already like that, I think. I wasn't yet. Like, I mean, mm. I was, but, like, I wasn't, like, full on, like, oh, my God, I got to be obsessed with this. I think that it was just so relatable to me is why I loved it. Because yeah. I think I was already kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I wrote down everything I ate at that time. Remember, I was, like, super. Yeah. <laughs> we all know now what body dysmorphia is. <laughs> Because uh, in my head, I did not look like what I thought I looked like. 
But do we, does anybody when they're a teenager, you know, doesn't every teenager think they're fat and ugly? <laughs> I don't think so. No, I think they do. <laughs> I'm just going to tell myself that. I'm going to tell myself that. So I was like, I was already obsessed with things like that. So I, I found it super relatable. That's why I liked it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's okay to be like this. It's on TV. It's totally fine. See, that's what I'm saying. It's totally fine to be obsessed that's, with your weight terrible. and what you weight. Exactly. Um, I do like how at one point she says like 40 something cigarettes in a day. I'm like, girl, that's over like two packs. That's in two one packs. Day. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I liked when it was like 20 cigarettes smoked, all poised coital. <laughs> poised? Poised coital. <laughs> like 20? That's a pack of cigarettes. All right after you had sex? That means she had sex 20 times. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She meant she smoked 20 cigarettes right after she had sex, like, consecutively. <laughs> I had to smoke a pack of cigarettes after I had sex. That's not how I interpreted that. <laughs> well, you know how my brain don't I work I thought it meant, good. like, they were added at rap, like, rap. No, that probably makes, <laughs> that makes way more sense than what I thought. <laughs> I'm sure that's what they were going for. <laughs> Back to the initial intro scene, though, um, when we first get the glimpse of Mark Darcy and she's thinking, like, at first, like, oh, hello, maybe mom got it right. Right. But this is always my first confusing (laughs) point of the scene. While I think Colin Firth is adorable, I mean, looking at him from the back, wearing what he was, he was wearing, like, dockers and a sweater. Yeah. Like, I don't. Ding dong. Yeah, it's not a ding dong (laughs) moment. Uh, I mean, she's probably like, he's. Seems youngish and is wearing pants. <laughs> he didn't touch my ass like Uncle Jeffrey. Yeah, he's not a troll or anything. He's not a fucking old pervert. And then he turns around with the reindeer jumper. I would have been like, oh. I know. That was another thing, too. I was like, oh, that's a turnoff? Yeah. Like, everyone's like, oh, maybe not. And I'm like, ah, oh, nowadays I feel like that would be like, oh, he has some sense of humor. Like, like, oh, he likes ugly Christmas sweaters. Yeah, exactly. And especially that his mom made it. Oh, I know, right? But he was still a dick. Like, he that that was a sick burn. It really was. <laughs> um, immediate dick straight and away. And dresses like her mother. Like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, that was like the knife to the heart right there. It really was. Yeah, mic drop. And then he turns and looks at her. Yeah, like, they both oh. do. And then they have that She moment. handles it so well, though. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> love this pudding. What does she say? <laughs> I, don't I can't remember which one it was. Oh, hey, that's my favorite. <laughs> Crazy! <laughs> I don't even know. I can't remember. Yum so, yum. Something so like awkward. that. So fu- yes. Yeah, so I would die. And they have that. I would have went up to see if this was me. If this was Jess Jones' diary, I would have Jesse Jones. Jess, was this Jesse Jones. I would have spooned it on, walked us straight up to my old bedroom, and not come out the rest of the fucking night. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you all, I'm done. No, she like holds her head up high and she like walks between them. And then it goes into the very iconic opening credits mm-hmm. of her singing All By Myself. Yep. And that like spoke to my soul as a teenager, that scene. Um, and that is still to this day how I get over something. If I have to do some hardcore grieving, I am drinking <laughs> and I am turning on music 
and I am singing through it. <laughs> and then I'm over it. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, I choose vodka and Shaka Khan. Exactly. Words <laughs> to live by. Words to, that's like, that's words to live by. Mm-hmm. You got to get drunk and sing it out. So this is when we start getting the um, intro into her daily life. Basically, we're mm-hmm. getting to know Bridget Jones. Yeah. Uh, she works at a publishing house. Hugh Grant is um, her boss, right? Like, he's overseeing all of it. Oh, yeah. He's obviously, literally overseeing. You get all of the, um, like, narration. So, it very much reflects the book. The diary aspect. And after finding out about how close the author and the director are, um, you can also... I feel like that does contribute to to why this movie does make you feel so cozy or homey. Um, they must have just understood each other so well. Right. And, you know, as a director, she knew what her author friend was, like, trying to convey. Yeah, like, she just understood the assignment so well. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, so you get a lot of that with the intros of the friend group later, too, which I just want to call out one, James Callis is the pop star friend. And I love James Callis. I feel like he was something on. He was on something I watched recently. Um, he is Gaius fucking Baltar from oh, Battlestar. That's right. Galactica. That's right. I forgot about that. Which is one of my <clears throat> favorite shows of all time, and he is one of my favorite characters of mm-hmm. all time. So this movie, I feel like when I first saw Battlestar Galactica, all I could think of was him from this. Oh my god! It's- <laughs> yeah, and I, I couldn't believe it. And then also. Uh, Moaning Myrtle is the mm-hmm. other one of the other friends, so I thought that was always which I great. think is so funny because oh no, I guess Harry Potter really did come out a long time ago now, didn't it? Yeah, it was around the same time. That I blows think. my mind that it came out around the time that we're old. I know it, it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm just now realizing this. <laughs> it snuck up on me. And I like in the beginning too when they show her being kind of flirty with Daniel. And it starts with, um, like, her skirt and her clothing in general. And to begin with, when they first initially are giving her looks, she's dressed, like, very conservatively and normal. They they say her skirt is short, but she's wearing, like, tights with it. Right. So that's okay. And she's wearing a cardigan. Or a sweater. Yeah. Regular. Yeah. yeah, Like, it's a total, like, what I would, I think, any, and also... Seems timeless office like stuff. Right, like, work it's appropriate. Two thousand and one, but a woman right now would might be wearing something similar in an office yeah. environment. So that initial one always confused me. Yes, they get crazier later, but that first initial, I'm like, they should have made something way more. I, I think he was just trying to say that he noticed her and in had general. an interest. Yeah, but I feel like that one lady was giving her the evil eye too. Like, I mean, her, was, the skirt was really short. Okay, I guess it was short. I mean, yeah. She had tights on underneath it, mm-hmm. but it was tights, not leggings. So, but tights were leggings back then, you know. Like <clears> to <throat> me, tights are not pantyhose. Pantyhose are like the sheer. Yeah. Like these looked like tights. But then later on, she was wearing that shirt that you could clearly see her bra through. Yeah, and that but was... I love that part because then he says, "P.S. Like your tits in the top." <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why I just like I love that part. I think it's so cute. Yes, like a tits in the top. Um, something I will admit that I didn't notice before as much just because I am so like biased towards mm-hmm. this movie. But much like 
what I complained about in Practical Magic and some other like little romantic ones we've done are the montages. Yeah. There are a lot of montages in this one too, but I just because I like this movie so much, it I doesn't I overlooked you. it. Yeah. <laughs> and now that I watched it with a little more critical eye this time, I'm like, oh no, they have. I don't know. Montages don't really bother but me. But they're not to me. They're not overused montages, and they flow within the story. At least it doesn't feel like it's there just to be there. It does feel like. It's progressing. It's along. there for you're really it's really helping you think what's inside her head, what she's thinking of when And I guess because she also has a lot of the narration. Yeah. So it kind of is like breaking it up and that maybe yeah, I'm I'm not trying to like give myself excuses of why I'm saying it's okay for you know. Oh, like this movie have a yeah. Montage. But yeah, I realize I'm like, oh I think I've just been so biased and this one to me just like, oh it's so perfect that mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't notice that it did have quite a few uh, of those scenes where sometimes, or even the music was just like, like we don't need necessarily a, like a singing pop song in every little background piece or, you know, yeah. whatever. Like you can just have like an instrumental or like just no music. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so I did notice that in this, this rewatch. So I was like, I'll call myself out. I was talking shit <laughs> about so many montages. Playing scenes. trains and automobiles. Yeah. <laughs> and when I just... Sorry, just to go in about the uh, short skirt, too, is when they show her initially, why I initially never thought the skirt was that short or that I wasn't paying close enough attention because the way she's first walking when they show her is like so Like she just got off a horse. Yeah. Yes. Like she's like... <laughs> like, what? Why? Was she supposed to be like a frumpy walk, I guess? Maybe? I don't... I don't... I don't know if that was it. it yeah. Was she, so it was weird. like she just... She was like walking like John Wayne. <laughs> It's like, like, like Nathan, Nathan Lane, Lane doing John Wayne, exactly. <laughs> oh, <I don't> <laughs> exactly what it looked like yeah. to me too. Nathan Lane doing John Wayne <laughs> in the birdcage, and it eventually transitions to the big book launch party. Yeah, and I like also um, one, one of the my, amount of smoking that is. That was going my favorite. <clears throat> one of my favorite parts I wrote. To me, this was the epitome of cool. Smoking and shaving your legs at the same time. Oh, God. Like, had a cigarette in your mouth and shaving your legs. I was like, ah, oh, to be able to do that in your own house. Like, <laughs> how cool. And then you grow up and you're like, hell no, I don't and want to smoke. And I'm like, ew, I don't, want, I don't want smoke in my house. Gross. You never get that smell out. Even as a smoker, I'm like, nah, I'm not no, I'm No, I always smoke outside <laughs> because gross. You don't want that stale smoke smell in your house. From that area, uh, scenes for the party. I also really like when Shaza is um, mm-hmm. telling her, like, introduce people with thoughtful details. I know, because of your Halloween party. <laughs> I was introducing some people. Becky, this is so-and-so. So-and-so likes this. Becky likes... And I even was like, she got that from Bridget Jones. And she, she called, I was like, yes, finally. Because I always do that ever since I watched this movie. I know. Introduce people with interesting details. Exactly. I was like, oh, I'm going to be like Bridget Jones and introduce people in a thoughtful way. Perpetua. Perpetua. Oh my gosh, that name. Well, Shazza and Perpetua are the most like crusty upper class British names I've ever heard. I'm just going to say it right now. Perpetua. But the way she says it, like, ah, Perpetua. I I love that. And then fucking Mark Darcy. She used to play naked in my paddling pool exactly. or whatever. And I was like, what a dick. I know. She gave you a really good introduction, bro. And he even, like, 
has a little twinkle in his eye about it. Yeah, but still, like, and rude. This is where watching, again, with this rewatch, and I'm being a little more critical. And yeah. in this, like, the past few years, I've also realized, because I have now finally surpassed the age of Bridget Jones. Yeah, and it's scary, huh? And, one, it's scary, but two, <laughs> also, I'm kind of like, Mark Darcy's still a fucking dick, too. Like... <laughs> Not even in a good way. There's, I mean, both of them kind of are. Yeah. I mean, not kind of. The, well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Daniel 100%. Daniel 100%. Yeah. Motherfucking Cleaver. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mark Darcy. He probably though, would fuck your mother. Yo, yeah. He definitely would. Um... Yeah, and he's still do almost just as a big. Oh of a yeah, dick. he's just a dick. Especially in the beginning, uh, they kind of yeah definitely make you not root for him really root for him at all until uh, until he's like I like you just the way you are. Then you're like oh well. They show a little bit more because I will say in this end of this scene is when. She does her horrible, embarrassing public speech. Oh, and he wanted to step in. And he was going to step in because he saw her being kind of like depressed again, smoking with the smoking. (laughs) And then that's when Daniel comes up to her and and touches her kind of like intimately. Oh, yeah. And she looks so good in that dress. Oh, my gosh. I know. She does. I I love that dress. Especially when she, what I thought was funny, I'm like, oh, the giant patties. Yes. To get into the, you know. Sexy time. Yeah. And I was like, even when she's pulling the pants, there's nothing to, there's nothing to suck in with those panties. Exactly. She's got to suck in. Like, her body is banging. And for her to supposed to be like, oh, I have, oh, like the, yeah, she has no, like, muffin top. No. Her, no her, cellulite her thighs, on her thighs. Yeah, her thighs look perfect. Like, she wouldn't need, yeah, control top panties, because that's what they're supposed to be. Yeah. Old lady granny panties mm-hmm. that, yeah, that we all had back then. Yeah, so basically she's like, oh no, I'm 136 pounds with no cellulite, no muffin top, giant boobs. Giant boobs. Fuck it, it was like really the only thing that happened to her was that she gained weight in all the right places, mm-hmm. including her lips. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> like, I just think she's so pretty in this movie. She is. And I also do like um, some of her, the quick wit. I do think she played uh, Bridget's character well mm-hmm. with like how Bridget does speak to people. Because um, like at that one, when Darcy's kind of being a dick or she was like, oh, disappointed <laughs> not to see my favorite reindeer jumper. Yeah. Know, like, yeah. <laughs> so like she calls him out. Yeah, she's, but yeah, the public speaking thing, like... <laughs> When I was watching it, it reminded me of my own, um, I had my own Bridget Jones moment when she was like, the mic's not, not working. Yeah. Oi! Oi! He's <laughs> like, let me just turn it on. I'm like, oh. Did that happen to you? The monitor. <laughs> I thought my monitor wasn't working and it's because I was pushing the wrong, I didn't turn the power button on. <laughs> So I had, uh, and then I was watching this movie today, and I was like, "Well, I just had my own Bridget Jones moment earlier." So I feel you, Bridget. So funny. But I was like, I would have fucking left after that. I'm like, and that's my cue to leave, right? <laughs> Stand around so people can look me in the eye. And that's the whole thing is she's supposed to work in like public relations, right? Well, all she does is fanny around with press releases. Yeah. That's... <laughs> so you would think she would be better at public <clears throat> speaking? I guess you don't really have to do that. I, I know because then later on she goes to be on TV and she has to be like a reporter. Speech. Yeah, yeah. So during this time, though, like I said, we had the granny panty scene, and He's she's like, fuck me, those are enormous panties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and now they're basically like a little fling. 
Mm-hmm. And they even have a point where she's like, oh, people at the office notice. He's like, it's been two days. Yeah, he was like, that was on Tuesday, and it's Thursday. <laughs> yeah. So even then you feel like, oh, damn, like, she is trying to... It feels like she is going really fast mm-hmm. because... That's what I'm trying to figure out. Well, that's fine. One thing, if you're like daydreaming, yeah. whatever. But it is when they get to the mini week because one, she was like, "Oh, a mini break means true love." Oh and, yeah. But how yeah. far after the mini break was since like the two day fling? You know, like how much time elapsed I, between I, that? That I don't know. I don't know either, and that's where I was curious because probably not very long though. Probably she's just you know. Mm-hmm. Over blowing it up in her mind. Yeah, and she likes him so much. And it's been a while since I've actually read the book. So I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. But I think they they, like flirted for a while. So she probably thought that he was super into her, you know? Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, I was like, "Mm, I can see that. Um, I feel like he was super into her. He was just not that kind of guy. He doesn't seem like he would be a monogamous fellow. Ever. Ever. Exactly. Well,. Because later, too... Maybe he's got a sexual addiction. <laughs> Didn't Hugh Grant actually have a sexual addiction? I think he did addiction? in life. I think so. Hmm, maybe that's why she wrote that about that character. <laughs> but so she had him in mind. I don't know if it was, like, known then. <laughs> Probably not 2001. <laughs> I think that, like, came out later. I'm not sure, though. So they go away for the weekend, and then, of course, Mark and... This is when, also... They've been introducing this character, Natasha, who is a mm-hmm. colleague of Mark's, who I always have fucking hated. I know. she That actress did a great job of just being like a royal fucking cunt. Give me time. <laughs> Give me time. <laughs> but, and they end up getting engaged at the end, which I was like, ugh. But in the movie, it doesn't low. make sense. Okay, one, I believe in the books, I don't think it was... Does that not happen? I don't think so. Or it might have been like more on the nose of like they were kind of a thing. But in the to, movie, I'm gonna have to read those books. Again. I feel like they make it very clear that he's always like she's a work colleague. So up until they're engaged. But they aren't engaged. That's the thing. He just says, "I hope that she will someday soon be something else in law." So it's almost like everyone, like Mark's parents. Her, oh, but doesn't he? Doesn't Mark say something? No. Are you sure? Yeah, they're never engaged. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I'm just saying, though, it seems like Mark has never made that implication. Oh, okay. Well, that's why I was kind of like, well, he's never made any mention until, like, until what? Bridget turned down that he's just going to marry this girl? Yeah, no, and I don't think that's what it was. I think it's just that girl's oh, being so okay. pushy and okay. his family's being so pushy. That they're like, hey, why not? And she's, she's like the perfect woman for Mark. You know, Gross. she's also a, an attorney. Oh, that's all it takes? Well, and they're classy people, They're classy. Yeah. But his mother is old as shit. <laughs> Geraldine, my Geraldine. <laughs> that's later, but. <laughs> right, that's the ending scene. So, yeah, either way, though, they end up being at this little holiday getaway place. And this is the where Mark says, oh, might as well. So that that is when I was like, okay, so is he fucking Natasha or isn't I don't, he? I don't know, because he said, oh, we might as well work while we're here. Exactly. Why are you there? They, he had some together. reason that he said. Yeah, I don't remember now. Again, I don't remember specifics, but I'm just like, okay, so are they fucking or aren't they? I've never, I still, even with this rewatch. I'm going to say no, because he didn't act like he gave a shit about her when they were like, 
Were they in a boat going over reports? Yes, they were in a boat going over a case. And that's when you have, and this is, I was going to say, kind of one of my favorite scenes. And no wonder she thought they were dating. Yeah. Like, who does that? Why would you, when you could clearly just do that. At your house. Or or office or whatever. Yeah, like at Meet me at work on Saturday. Let's not be weird about it and go for in a rowboat (laughs) and talk about fucking business expenses. That's weird. No, they were talking about, like, cases. Yeah, you know, either like, way. Like, yeah, but still, it's like... It's weird, though. Yeah. But this is where they have the great scene of Bridget and Daniel and mm-hmm. their uh, respective rowboats. Right. And I love where he's just like, like, what is... The, <laughs> what is he saying where he's like, oh, Keats, fuck me, or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I really like that scene. I like how... Uh, this is one though we do see like Mark like looking longingly at yeah, her and she's, she's so much fun and she's and, laughing yeah. and they're having such a good time and like he's falling out of the boat and I have like a memory of my husband and I like at Crab Island on our paddle boards like one time and like we're falling off and there's like the paddle and it, it literally was like I feel like Bridget Jones right now I must have been like 26 or 27 yeah, yeah so um, at that oh my god dude that was like Almost a decade ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I just had like a mini panic attack. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Long ago. That was almost a decade ago. But I love that scene. It's yeah, one of my I like that scene. one of my favorites. Like I said, when he comes up out of that water. He looks good. Mm-hmm. And his little crooked broken cigarette yep. in his mouth. Like, it's just a cute. I just love that scene. It's yep. me very like, oh, gives you the warm fuzzies. It does. It's like the, the whole fantasy um fairy tale thing it is yeah it really is that fairy tale romance it is, you know yeah. and i think and especially as a young girl like that is so dreamy for sure and i and that's supposed to be how it is for her you know mm-hmm. she thinks this is it this finally is love. like yeah. yeah like she's not gonna be a spinster right she's not gonna be eaten by wild dogs <laughs> <laughs> exactly so her fairy tale abruptly ends though because he instantly now backs out of going to the tots and vicas potty yeah. And, and she, I'm like, what? Who the fuck? Tarts and Vickers? The English man. Is that a thing in real life? I think they do, like, these legit, like, theme parties that's so like funny. that. It's very odd to me, too. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. That everyone's dressing like hookers and priests. Yeah. <laughs> and that's totally acceptable. And that's, like, a high-class function. Right! And that's, like, the... <laughs> the well-to-do. Oh, well-to-do, Well-to-do, yeah. people do. High-class. Yeah. Oh. The <laughs> social class over there. Don't they have, yeah, they have, like, a way more obvious social structure. Social structure. Yeah, class structure, maybe. I ain't never been. So, yeah. So, she, I guess the whole time why he backed out was just so he could go home and fuck his fiance. That was why? Was that why he canceled on her? Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> it was that, well, because he says the New York office. Which so is I, her. So, I guess the New York office really was just showing up. Mm. But he knew, I guess, probably it was, okay, well, that's my. Cue other lady like and as well as it's a work thing i i took it to be both i guess maybe like they were actually kind of like she she had her portfolio (laughs) thing covering (laughs) her body yeah who sits in the bathtub like that yeah so when we finally get to the cheating scene so yeah he leaves her in her little bunny costume like total another embarrassing they do the embarrassing moments too like so well in this movie I think that's another thing why I've always really enjoyed it. Because it still oh, makes me Oh, and side note, her fucking mother leaving her dad for that 
QVC guy. Julian. <laughs> oh, shopping network guy. Yeah. yeah. Julian. Julian. And I like how in this one, though, they made it a little more, I'm going to say, realistic than what the book did. Do you remember how crazy the mom story is in the book? I really don't. It's anymore. insane. Like, they literally, like, she leaves the country with the guy mm. and goes to, like, South America or somewhere. And it's like, there is a huge alternate plot line oh with bridget jones and her mom and all of that i don't like, remember yeah that. yeah it was like really like the plot thickens <laughs> like in the novel so i think they did a better job of and made the right choice of really cutting this down because in the movie it is more believable at least yeah that she just felt like this neglected housewife, you know, that he Somebody doesn't pay. Somebody paid her attention. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's believable uh, more than the scale at which they take it in the books. Because I believe he's supposed to be later, like, a criminal or something. Oh, and okay. I, Yeah, I think it goes like that. Like I said, it's been a long time since I've actually read the book. So I did like the subplot with her mom and dad just because it was, like, this other uh, kind of, you know, love story happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, in a sad way. Only, I know. You know like, depressing. Like, I was kind of like, oh, a bitch. Well, and also, too, it's that's what's funny is the mom, in one breath, is talking about her husband doesn't pay attention to her and couldn't care less, you know, like, all this other stuff. But then at the same time, always being like, oh, well, Bridget, do you have a boyfriend yet? Or, like, always trying to hook her up with someone. Right. I'm like, you're miserable, like, so are you just wanting your daughter to be miserable? Or are you thinking that she should maybe find, like, true love? Like, no, I don't know. she probably doesn't want her to be alone. Because that generation was like, obviously you can't be single because you can't be happy by yourself. Yeah, and she does run you straight. You have to have a man to, to make yourself happy. She runs straight to Julian. It's not like she just yeah. wanted to be a single Right. Lady. She yeah. was never by herself. Yeah, true, true. So, I just don't really like the mother. No, though. not at all. The actress does very well. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. She looks like turkey lurkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and just to mention, too, that we a little fast forwarded through was during the launch party scenes, that's when Bridget Jones is first basically tricked by Daniel, and Daniel mm. takes Mark Darcy's story. Yeah. And this is where you find out that, well, you think that. <laughs> Mark Darcy had fucked Daniel's fiance or whatever right. is what Bridget is led to believe. Um, but we do eventually find out that it was what? his wife and his heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I just wanted to throw that out there mm. because that was one thing where that's the it goes to show the extent um, of Daniel's depravity. Like, yeah, 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 like he's such a dick that he would even take Mark Darcy's story of heartbreak to that he laid. did to him. Yeah. yeah, against the woman, and then it almost made me wonder during this watch. Because, remember, Darcy has been a dick to Bridget the whole time in the beginning when they've met. Mm -hmm. And he magically seems more intrigued by her when Daniel, when he sees her with Daniel. Right. And all of a sudden, that's when you kind of notice his tune start changing a little bit. Then he starts being interested in her. Yeah, and you're almost like, was this just a giant dick measuring contest this whole time? Oh, they're men. You know it was. (laughs) Yeah, like what guy was going to be able to pull Bridget Jones almost? Like, I kind of... Bridget. Ah, I just got that like vibe this time too, and I'm like, is it because I'm old now? Is it because I'm Probably. over the age of 32? <laughs> you know who wins in this? Bridget, because she got to fuck both of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And I do like when she gets over her our heartbreak with Daniel and basically is like, well, now I got to quit my fucking job. And the most 90s thing you could ever say is I would rather be wiping Saddam Hussein's ass. Saddam Hussein. It's 2001, but it was such... To me, that's, like, peak 90s, yeah. though. Like, of, like, who's the major villain? Well, I guess it would be the early 2000s, because South Park came out as well. Like, Saddam mm. Hussein, yeah. for a modern-day dictator, like, modern-day dictators now, like, in the past, I feel like no one... Were people, like, really making fun of, like, Stalin? You know, like, like how people were making <laughs> I'm fun sure they of, were. like, Saddam Hussein? Uh, yeah, I'm genuinely curious to after, the extent. After learning more about, like, I guess I've never really been that into history. Oh, and then okay, once yeah. I've been watching more, like, oh, the royals or, like, you know. And then you um, start looking more into Start looking it. more yeah. into, like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, people have always been the fucking same. It's yeah. Just- <laughs> um, eventually we get to the singles dinner. But first, I have to say... When he was talking to her, like, the day after or whatever mm-hmm. in his office. And he was like, and also because she's so young. Oh, like, right? Ugh. I know. Like, when he's- what a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. And oh. she's like, I'm 32. Like, I'm not fucking old. Like, well, she's I, 45 or something. I took Even that, to, not that that's old, but... Oh, I just took that to mean, yeah, that he was the same age as Bridget. Yeah. And that he was intrigued by but her. But was like, she's so young. Yeah, young and American. She's American and all, like... Right. <laughs> Americans aren't great, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's cute that that's like... Well, Though her accent's different than mine. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's oh, better. And then she's such a kind of like, oh, I thought you said she was thin. Mm-hmm. I'm like, America's like the most obese country in the world. So that's rich coming from you, lady. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, call, let's call that out straight and up. I like that later, um, Bridget's like, and that stick figure. Or stick insect. <laughs> stick insect, that's what I yeah. meant. <laughs> And I think it's funny, too, that she also kind of looks like Natasha. I know. Like a variation, yeah. basically. The American version of I, Natasha. Yeah. Same <laughs> <laughs> almost haircut. And it's like, and this like, one. Was it the same person? <laughs> well, and it's like the brunettes. Right. They're the evil ones. The evil brunettes <laughs> against the. In Bridget Jones' story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, where I was going with the couple's dinner. Um, this is when Natasha is, like, peak annoying, and she does, like, the snapping mm-hmm. scene. That pisses me off. Yeah. But also, again, this is when I was like, okay, so are they fucking or not? Why are they together at a couple's dinner? And then they even, not. again, introduce them as colleagues, but yet when the one guy's like, oh, bridge, like, what you do, girl? girl? I like, know. Like, horse or Ugh. something? Uh, I was like, I would have got up and walked the fuck out of that fucking dinner. Y'all like my friends? You wouldn't be grilling me like this if we were friends. Well, and also, I'm like, technically Natasha is a single woman too at the dinner, right? right? Yeah. Then why aren't you grilling her? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, Natasha. Why do you think that is? Yeah. I'd be like, oh, you're career oriented as well, Natasha. Exactly. Like, I would have been, yeah, like... While you said you would have left, I probably would have just, since I didn't like this woman, stayed and then just, like, dragged her into it with me. (laughs) So, yeah, that I did notice, too, this watch around where I'm like, yeah, where I'm like, okay, so are they fucking or not? Like, (laughs) I need to know. Inquiring minds. Yeah, would love to know. But when he goes downstairs, and this is the confession, 
And that set, I guess, the set design, whatever yeah. you want to say, like the hallway with the stairs and the twinkly lights on mm-hmm. the the dead tree in the, the hall. dead tree in the hall. <laughs> but something about it, I don't know what it is. It just again feels like it doesn't look like it should be like a comfy, comforting like it, look. It's because it's it almost is. like the Home Alone house to me. <laughs> it's like the foyer of the Home Alone house. Yes, like <laughs> it just has like a. A it just vibe. has a cozy, homey mm-hmm. vibe. And then for him to say, you know, I... Like you just the way you are. I like you very much, just as you are. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly what he said. And then you're like, no! Oh, oh so sweet! I wish somebody liked me just the way I am! <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, before he says this, she thought, like, he was going to give her shit. Mm-hmm. Because this is when we had the fireman's pole scene, and she's uh, transitioned into her new job and everything. Um, and by the way, her ass looks fabulous. I was going to say that, too, because when he says he likes the report, and I'm like, he probably was complimenting you on your ass. Yeah, because like, it looked fabulous. <laughs> and then she's like, I feel stupid all the time anyway. Like, <laughs> I felt like that was a very like natural response. <laughs> right. Of like how any any person any, in that Especially overthinking things. Yes, like. exactly. <laughs> Anyone who overthinks anything, like, well, Yeah. I get it. I fucked up. You don't have to remind me. (laughs) When really they're just like, hey, nice ass. (laughs) Eventually this transitions into the Agini Heeny. Agini Heeny. Agini case. So Mark Darcy hooks her up. And this is like his other like big gesture, basically. Mm -hmm. So things are going well. She's been riding that high. Uh, her and Mark are having this chemistry that she was not anticipating and even had told her friends because they were like, you hate this guy, right? And she's like, oh, yeah, I hate him. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, this chemistry has been brewing between them. And this is when she's like, oh, it's my 33rd birthday now. And this is where I'm like, bitch, you're 33. You should know how to use a food processor and make fucking soup. And make soup. It's not hard. Like, what have you been eating the whole 32 years of your life? (laughs) But I like that um, Mark Darcy shows up. And again, it's another intimate dinner making Mm. scene of people in the kitchen. Mark saves dinner. He does. He makes an omelet. And I'm like, these grown-ups people don't know how to make nothing? Yeah. You don't have pasta? You can't boil... Pasta and had butter and Parmesan. Or just rice in your cabinet. A meal is made. Yes. How do you not have rice in your cabinet? Rice. She's a single London person. How could she ever have groceries? (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. I don't know how to cook. I feel like that stereotype or trope, you know, like it's used a lot. We're like, I don't know how to cook. But like, I don't know, it just gets old after a while. Like, come on. It does when you're like, I mean, anybody can make ramen. Yeah, right? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, when it comes to like basic cooking functions, like, come on, guys. So there is a scene where during this time, doesn't she, she's talking to her mother, correct? Her mother calls on the phone. Mm, yeah, I and talks about, about Julian. Julian. And this is one of my... The sex is so surprising. But one of my favorite lines <laughs> in it is when she's complaining about him and he's like supposed to be like in the room or the background and they show him and he says, you ham-fisted cunt. <laughs> it's just, oh man, perfection. Like I was not, exp- I didn't remember that line at all. And when I heard it last night, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Even though you just watched it last year. <laughs> yeah. Did not remember that one. You ham-fisted cunt. Ham-fisted <laughs> cunt. I was like, oh yeah, that's, Every time. Ooh. Ah, 
ham fisted. That just ham fisted. cracks me up. So I feel like somebody described me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so of course, Daniel, the ultimate fuck boy, does eventually show up to mm-hmm. her birthday dinner to and fuck everything up. And she should have said, "Get the fuck out of here." That's like, what you I even cheated on me. Oh my gosh! And even when I was younger, watching this, and I, my thoughts have not changed. I can say this has been consistent. Is I would have immediately had Daniel fuck off. Like, when it gets to the point where Mark is like, uh, I'm going to leave. Like, like, no, you don't leave. You leave. Granted, she doesn't know the truth yet at this point. True. So that's why I'm like, okay, so in her mind, though, Mark is still a guy that, like, cheated on someone with his best friend. Right. Like, fucked his best friend over. But either way, so he fucked his best friend over, but Daniel literally fucked you over. Right. So either way, in my eyes. Mark's got more going for him. Yeah. And Daniel still needed to be told to fuck off. Right. Like, and he thought you were going to be alone on your birthday. Exactly. What kind of dick is that? Yeah. Like. Well, she was so touched that he remembered her birthday. Yeah, but he thought you were going to be sad and alone. Yeah. Without him. Yeah. Like, uh. Watching that scene again, I was like, just like almost offended for her. You know, like that's where I was like, fuck you, Daniel. How dare you? How dare you, sir? I, I, Yeah. (laughs) But I have to say that has always been my fantasy was two men literally fighting over me. Really? <laughs> Not I. Yes. Not I. No, thank you. Ever since I was like 13, like two men <laughs> fighting literally over me. <laughs> How stupid is that? I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't have it anymore, yeah, obviously. But why did you want women. that? Like, I don't understand why. To have not- two men fighting over me? I don't know. That was like... <laughs> But you have I'm to, like, wanted. You have to like choose one though, right? Like ultimately. Yeah. Well, eventually. Yeah, yeah. But that means you have to like hurt the other's feelings. I'm okay with that. I don't know. As I'm long not... as they both are in love with me and obsessed with me. Oh my me. god. I'm too much of an indecisive person, like to where that sounds like awful to me. <laughs> I mean, it's never happened to me, so it's neither here nor there. <laughs> oh man. So before the fight scene does officially start, that is where Daniel is trying to justify um, that he panicked when he slept with um, his fiance. His fiance, yeah. Like you were engaged. What do you mean panic? That was another thing in the movie that they don't explain too well. Were they already engaged? So was he just an engaged man? And actually, Bridget was the other woman. It was just that she was cool with it because she knew they were like long distance or whatever. Um, That's what it sounded like with Bridget was the other woman. Yeah, and it sounds like that it was an open relationship technically for him and his fiance right. or whatever. It's just Bridget wasn't, Bridget was a, the wasn't one the aware. Yeah. <laughs> so, so either way, even the justifications he's like giving her. Because like, oh, but he's like, oh, Laura broke up with me. But I'm like, no, she just probably broke up with you. And then he's telling her, oh, it's because she could see I wasn't over you. And you're all I can think about. And blah, oh, blah, bullshit. Blah. Yeah. Sounds good, Daniel. Yeah, so it's just such like a fucking cop out. And, and his that, little, and then that she even, yeah, and that she even was like, okay, like, oh, well, yeah, and then he's like, oh, why don't you stay and have a drink with me and Bridge, and you know, and then that's when eventually the, uh, yeah, the fight picks up. The the we can't fight. blame him for wanting to punch that smirk off his face. Oh, a hundred percent, one hundo. And I love when they eventually get into the restaurant portion. <laughs> And he's like, I will pay. I will pay. Like, they just keep telling people. 
people they'll, they'll pay like them. get the fuck out of there like why can't you just get the fuck just, out of there just leave just fucking leave <laughs> just leave not just throw them through the window <laughs> and i like how i love how with the stopping and and how the music was done in this mm. scene particularly like this one it did it worked perfectly yeah. with the it's raining men yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah like it was it was perfectly done with that so that scene I think they did a great job with the music and stopped it when it needed to stop in that mm. moment afterwards I felt like it was really impactful um, I love yeah I love that scene too and that Daniel tries to get the last word in and then he just like KOs him. yeah. <laughs> And then Bridget's like, oh, well, whoever is the man on the ground is the one I choose. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, what? Because I feel like if Daniel would have punched out Mark, she would have been like, how dare you, Mark? Yeah, I guess she, she might have, like, because she was just like, you guys are being ridiculous, maybe. But remember, she was kind of taking Daniel's side, though, again, because I think she was assuming Mark had, yeah. you know. Because she really didn't change her tune until her mom mentions that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cruel. Yeah. Because after that, she was kind of like, but I did enjoy that at that moment, and then that's when Daniel um, says, like, you know, if I can't make it with you, I can't make it with anyone. And that, like, solidifies, like, oh, okay, you are fucking insulting me. Like, exactly. I'm just glad that I'm like, oh, thank God they didn't make her, like, choose him yeah, yeah or even like have that fake out where it's like oh she goes back with him for a little bit i yeah. like that they just she's like nah fuck you right <laughs> so and I, she's like that's not a good enough offer for me exactly so i do love that and i love that message mm-hmm. you know that they have no don't there. settle don't settle for somebody that's like eh, i guess you'll do and yeah and that's essentially what he even said to her to begin with in the like you said in the office scene when they were talking mm-hmm. Was he was basically saying that he felt like him and Bridget were settling for each other. And, right. you know, Miss American was whatever. Miss American. Gave him the, <laughs> you know, uh, butterflies. butterflies, I guess, that he thought he was looking it for. Yeah. <laughs> so just then knowing that, like, he told her, we don't have that. And then going back to her and then. Oh, we have it now. <laughs> oh, oh, magically now. We yeah, have so. it now because she broke up with me. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah, like, what a dick. What a Sloppy dick. Sloppy seconds. So, I do enjoy that she was just like, fuck them both. Right. And she's just chilling with her dad mm-hmm. uh, for the New Year's Eve. Then her, yeah. The other cheater comes home. Yeah, the mother. <laughs> yeah. The mother comes home. And they uh, they wrap that up nicely with a little yeah. bow on top, don't yeah. they? Uh, yeah, that's the one thing. You daft cow. <laughs> I love that line, too. I do, too. Ham-fisted cunt, daft cow. Daft cow. Got a lot of farm animal <laughs> uh, <insults>. Fuckery. <laughs> and so, uh, it's when we get to the final, some of the final scenes where she does find out um, about, it was Mark that had his wife cheating on him with Daniel. Mm-hmm. And so that's when she changes her tune about going to the party and everything. They show them finally when they pull up. So do the Darcys live in like a castle, basically, or some kind of like crazy? I guess. Is that like their I didn't home? know they were supposed to be that rich? Yeah, like I was like, this and is how like... did they know? Why were they? Why was Bridget ever playing in their paddling pool if they're like that upper crust? That's what I'm wondering. Bridget's parents aren't that. Don't seem that high up, right? Exactly. And what does her dad do? Because her mom. Worked in the mall. Yeah, that's what. That's why I'm like I'm jerking off eggs. I'm confused how they would be in the same social circles. Yeah, got the mom jerking off eggs. 
The dad, you don't know what he does. I've never seen him work. And then apparently they know all of these really highfalutin people. <laughs> highfalutin people they living in castles. Highfalutin people highfalutin. living in castles. Yes, you're exactly right. You're like, how the... Uh, they don't explain that. Yeah, so that was odd. And I'm like, well, maybe they just rented the venue. But I'm pretty sure they like are making it seem like that's their damn house. That's what it seems like. So that was crazy to me. And that's when we get the, my wonderful wife, Geraldine. (laughs) (laughs) And this is when we've mentioned before where it feels like, again, I don't think that Natasha and Mark have been fucking, but it seems just like everyone around them wants them to. And it's forcing the idea of like, oh, you guys are a couple. You would be a couple. Because that's when they do the... Yeah, like wedding bell sound or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he even says to Mark and his Natasha. Right. So that's where, I guess, yeah, I could see where you thought that they were actually engaged. But, again, the way that he, like, introduces it, I'm like, this is your anniversary party for one. So I guess, though, them announcing the success of the son and his career and right. all of that is great. Because before they had the, the speech scene... Bridget does get to Mark in time to basically, like, do the same thing. Profess her love. I like you just the way you are, table. And she even (laughs) apologizes, realizing Daniel lied to her. No shit. Yeah, no shit. Lie about everything else. And they do the other great awkward scene where when he does the, like, No! Yeah, to Morgan and Natasha, and that's when she comes in. (laughs) What did she say? Like, it's uh, for the country. It's bad for the country. (laughs) Like, a loss for the... But yeah, when she does her little speech and then the way she ends it though, like at that point, don't, you don't have to like play yourself out, like, you know, because she's like, oh, I got another party to go to now. (laughs) Everybody wants you to shut up anyway. Just say like, here, here, and then like Homer Simpson into the bushes. (laughs) (laughs) Just disappear. Just, just get out of there. GTFO, girl. Again, with the, the cringy, embarrassing know, embarrassment still gets me every time. <laughs> There's so many of them. <laughs> so many of them. And so that basically goes into Bridget's back at home. Her friends come to cheer her up because uh, she's obviously been like, fuck, now he's going to move to America and I look like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just going to pop off to Paris for the weekend. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? I can. And you, uh, snowing. Paris, New Year's, lights. Yeah. It's... Baguettes. <laughs> Croissant. Croissant. Cheese. Butter. I noticed everything, everything I've ever wanted. Um, yeah, no, it sounds amazing, and that would be crazy. And I really thought that was going to be me one day when I was 16. <laughs> I really thought I was going to be living over there and just pop over to Paris, um, you know? I was going to move to England oh, yeah. and then pop over to Paris. Exactly. Because all these foreign countries want, you know, people like us. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark shows up, though, and she doesn't go to Paris. Instead, uh, they're just going to go upstairs and find them like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have before, haven't they? Have they fucked before? No. Okay. No, okay. they haven't even kissed yet because that's where she's like, oh, is he going to stick his tongue down your fucking throat? <laughs> like, get it over, yeah, it, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and then he still doesn't quite do it. They go upstairs and he's like, 
lightly kissing her on her neck. And that's when she's like, oh, I got to get my sexy panties. And you're like, no, you don't. As a 35-year-old woman, you quickly realize they don't give a shit about your panties. No. They don't want them on. Like, they don't care what they look like. They don't like. care what they look like. Just go for it. Yeah. Just take them off. Yeah. That, those, that's for if you. If they're girl. embarrassing, just take them off quicker. Yeah. <laughs> just go to the bathroom. Take them off. Yeah. Put your pants on over it. And then you're like, oh, I'm not wearing any. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> what do you do that? Just take them off in one fell move. Like, whoop. Naked. <laughs> Naked. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so when she's changing, he, of course, sees her diary. Uh, Mark Darcy's such a twat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. Underlined. Mm-hmm. Exclamation points. And we see him leave. And if this is your first time watching this movie, you're like, oh, shit. He's pissed. He's offended. He's offended. He really thinks she hates her. Mm-hmm. Him. <laughs> <laughs> and we have the running in the snow mm-hmm. in my undies scene. <clears throat> but still got my tennis shoes on. Well, remember? Because she's like, oh, it's cold. And then she puts on her tennis shoes and her tiny little cardigan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I want to say I feel like I had that exact pair of underwear. I think we all did. I think we all did. <laughs> it looked like a very familiar pair of yeah. undies. So, yeah, we have the big chase down scene. Like, ain't no real hard no, like, no like, like, that song, I feel like, was Bring used to you. in every, like, movie rom-com of that era. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it was in a Julia Roberts rom-com. Yeah. Probably using another Hugh Grant one, too. Like, <laughs> Notting Hill, maybe. Probably. Like, I feel like that was, like, the song so, so liked used it. for that. And yeah, they get to the scene where you find out, oh, he was just buying her a new diary. So they can start over. A fresh start. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, when he wraps her in the coat, that's uh, the moment. It is. That's the moment. That's the scene. That seals the deal. Mm-hmm. And that it. has happened to me once in my life where a man has wrapped me up in his coat like that. And it's... I don't remember <laughs> But I remember the feeling it gave me. Like, I don't remember the man. But I remember the feeling, the feeling, <laughs> that comfy cozy. Oh, I feel so safe. And it secure. was. It was like the most romantic moment. I put it. The coat wrapping scene is the epitome of heteronormative relationships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With the man wrapping you up, in like his coat. In enveloping his coat. you, and yeah, this... oh, I'm gonna yeah protect you and keep you warm. Yeah. And, oh my god, like Huggy snuggy. <laughs> Like, teenage Stephanie was... Oh, yeah. All about yeah, that. All about that. Aren't we all? Mm-hmm. It's like every teenage girl's dream is like, oh, a big, strong man to wrap me up in its coat. Right. Keep me all warm. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. It's so silly. And sweet, though. And it's sweet. It's like a sweet kind of romance. It is. You know? It's, it's like not a... graphic. It's not... Yeah, it's rated R and they say fuck a lot, but there's no, like graphic sex scenes or no, it's oh, just like sweet romance overall it's an innocent romance of just wanting yeah. to have that connection with someone yeah like it's fun and flirty yeah <laughs> flirty fun and flirty yes exactly Bridget Jones <laughs> So that's the movie. It ends with um, some what's supposed to be like old home movies of when she would play mm, naked in yeah, his paddling pool. pool. Which is a little pervy. So, that, so that's it. That's Bridget Jones's Diary. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, of course, I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to watch it again forever. Forever. <laughs> forever. Forever. It's going to be on loop in, in my head. In my head. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was. it's a core 
movie memory for me. Exactly. It's those... I was an impressionable age when I watched it. And it's like the building block of the kind of movies that you enjoy, mm-hmm. you know, throughout your life. Like, that kind of rom-com, yeah. you know, kind of feeling. And again, I can't watch a lot of serious romantic movies and I think Bridget Jones is one of the reasons why I feel like it set the bar up too high too high (laughs) of what can be a very sweet romantic movie but have that comedy that you're looking for um either movie romantic movies nowadays I feel like go too far one way or the other Mm -hmm. like so yeah so this yeah like I said set the bar really high and it's hard for me to find like other other uh, genres of this movie Mm -hmm. like style of movie how about you same same feelings. Same yeah. feeling. Always, yep. yeah. Always and forever. Always and forever. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, that was the uh, last movie of 2022 for us that we'll be reviewing. And that also ends the comfy cozy season. Yes. So the new year will start a new theme as well. Um, January is going to be our aliens. Come get it. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that's what we made it. (laughs) We will be doing Star Trek First Contact Mm -hmm. in memory of um, Jess's dad. My dad. He passed in 2020 um, and he was a huge Star Trek fan. So to me, this is the best Star Trek movie. It's my personal favorite Mm -hmm. Star Trek movie. And also, um, his birthday was in January. Duh. <laughs> That's the <main> reason <laughs> why we're starting it out like that. His birthday was January 10th. That's why. <laughs> and we will also be doing Men in Black, mm-hmm. which I have not watched in a long time. So that mm-hmm. will... I feel like I watched it probably like a year ago. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, no, definitely not watch it that soon. Cool. January will be followed with a whole new theme as well. We're going to be doing Killer Ladies mm-hmm. slash cunts. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go into Single White Female and Poison Ivy, yes. which I think are going to be really fun. Because these almost feel like Lifetime movies to me. And I haven't seen... I, for some reason, I used to watch a lot of Single White Female. I watched that one more so than the Glenn Close one. You Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction. We watched a lot of Single White Female. I don't... Maybe it just happened to come on, like, the movie channels or something. It probably. It was probably... But I feel those, like I watched it a lot. They probably had the rights to it, so they played it on right. repeat all the time. Um, I feel like that's how I saw Poison Ivy a lot. Because that was the one... You picked single white female, and then I was like, you know what? Let's do Poison Ivy, because that's the one I always did, where <laughs> the girl's kind of crazy. And it has Drew Barrymore. Yeah, you told yeah. me that. I don't I don't even know if I've seen that one. I can't wait for you to see that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that covers kind of the schedule of what to expect um, in January and February of 2023 mm-hmm. with Film Gazers. We do have... Uh, quite a bit of goals that we've kind of set for the podcast. I don't know if we'll make them all by next year, but at least we know we want to start implementing um, some of them, which again, we mentioned, I think at one point that we would like to get better equipment. Um, That's where you guys can come in. Uh, Eventually, I think we are going to set up maybe a Patreon or something like that to where if you do like us enough, maybe we could get some donations sent that would specifically go to really a better mic system, obviously, Mm -hmm. is the the first thing that we're working on. Yeah, the sound equipment. So that's something to think about. And as always, you can find us at Filmgazers on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. 
which has the link to the Discord <laughs> that no one is yet a part of. Still gotta mention if it. If we can't get a Discord member, I'm not thinking we can get people to give us money yet. Probably <laughs> not. So, <laughs> so if you guys join the Discord... Like, I'll listen once, but I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I, I don't care to contribute to your conversations. <laughs> but, alright, so... For the last time in 2022, time to hit the dusty trail. Until next time. Later, taters. <laughs> there we go. <laughs>